great to see everyone out this morning, and especially our visitors. Thank you for coming our way, and uh, hopefully you'll have safe travels going back to your regular home and destination. But uh, it is wonderful to see everyone out, and uh, I've been encouraged by the singing thus far, and, and Lord willing, uh, we'll have a good study this morning and, and a good rest of our uh, worship assembly. Uh, if you haven't already, I invite you to take your uh, outlines out. <clears throat> pull them out. And uh, this is the beginning lesson of a series of lessons that I'm going to be preaching on dealing with uh, spiritual wellness. How are we doing spiritually? And then what are some ways that we can reflect on and, and think about to try to improve ourselves spiritually? And so this morning we're going to be talking about listening. How well do we hear? There's nothing worse than being in a conversation with someone. You're trying to, whether it's break the ice or, or it, maybe it's someone's close to you, and, and you're trying to solve some differences, work out some some problems. Maybe it's spousal problems. Maybe it's uh, problems dealing between the child-parent relationship. Whatever it is, uh, you know. Obviously, this is a really general statement, but. If we're not actively listening to one another in these types of conversations, and we're not taking in what is being said, what is being talked about, and we're not actually hearing the person, maybe they have complaints, maybe they have concerns, whatever it is. If we're not hearing them, the chances of us being able to rectify or to fix the problem is slim to none. So just imagine how important it is for us to consider how well do we hear in reference to God's Word. How well do we listen? How well do we follow instructions? Because we hear the Word, so then our faith comes by hearing, hearing through the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Now Some people, you can have them read it, you can read it to them, you can have them write it out on a piece of paper. You know, I've, I've had, I'm, not, I'm not grasping what it's saying. And so what I've done is I've taken out a piece of paper out of my printer, and I would just write with, with my ink pen on the piece of paper. I'd write out the passage so it would be like just constantly reminding myself of what the passage is saying and making sure that it's clicking in my head. And am I following it? Am I fulfilling it to the best of my ability? We have all kinds of warnings throughout Scripture. Uh, Jesus said it uh, very often. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. And I gave you several references. you got Matthew 11, verse 15. you got Matthew 13. In fact, if you want to take your Bibles out and turn to Matthew 13, we'll be reading there in just a moment. But you see there in verse 9 and verse 43, it, throughout the, all the letters there in the book of Revelation, to the seven churches of Asia. He said it there in chapter 2, verse 7, 11, 17, verse 29. He said it in chapter 3, verse 6, and 13, and 22. He who has ears, let him hear. And so, again, you're sitting across the table from someone, and you're talking to them, but it feels like you're on this level and their responses are way up here because there's a disconnect. It could be you, 
could be that you're not listening. It could be that the other person's not listening. Either way, the point that I want us to, to take from this lesson is, is that we need to make sure that we are actively hearing the truth. That we are actively listening and searching for, being like the, having the same mindset of the Berean Jews where when they heard something, what did they do? They went back to the scriptures to see whether or not these things are so. We are a people who, who strive for and we desire that book, chapter, and verse foundation for all that we do. And so we want to make sure that we get it right. Not because we want to you know, shake our fist at God and say, hey, look, you know, I'm doing all this right, you owe me. That, that's not what this is about. This is about hearing, well done, good and faithful servant, because you look over in Matthew seven twenty one. not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, it's the people, a lot of the people that's going to be in eternal condemnation are those who were extremely religious. And that should concern, that should play some sort of level of concern for us because I, I would think that the majority of us think we find ourselves very religious. We might not describe it in, the, in that type of terminology, but we find ourselves to be extremely faithful people, faithful to God's Word because we believe and we hold it near and dear to our hearts that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And so because of these things, we need to be mindful of the reality that if we don't love God and we don't love our neighbor as ourselves, I don't care what we do religiously. I don't care if you partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. I don't care if you contribute $500 a week. I don't care how many times you've been baptized. I don't care about any of it. If you don't love God and you don't love your neighbor as yourself, everything that you're doing is pointless. It's empty. It's meaningless. Because we've missed the boat. There's different kinds or types of hearers. And that's what we're going to look at first this morning. But think about it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter in. So think about that. A lot of the people that's going to be in eternal condemnation are those that, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Or, let's, let's bring that to a more modern application. Didn't we come to church every Sunday? We came to Bible studies. We came to every worship assembly. We came to Wednesday night Bible classes. We went to every gospel meeting. We went to the local congregational singings in the area. We did all of those things right. What good does it do if we don't have love for one another? What good does it do if we don't have love for God? So let's look here at Matthew chapter 13. Let's start here. I want us to start at verse uh, 10. Now, I do on the paper, I have verse 13 through 15. That's going to be the main point uh, for the beginning of our lesson. But we're going to start at verse 10. Matthew 13, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? 
Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And so one of the types of hearers that we see here and then we also see in Hebrews chapter 5, you look at that next verse on your outline, Hebrews 5 verse 11, concerning him we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing... Are we guilty of this? Dull of hearing, hard of hearing. Is it because we have some sort of presupposition about how we feel about a subject matter? Because sometimes maybe someone comes to you and they present to you a thought that you've never really considered before. I've had this happen to me several times. And it's not that it just catches me off guard. And it, and it doesn't throw me into a frenzy where I just feel like this failure within my faith. But it causes me to really consider, is that what the text is actually talking about? Because the reality is, is that we're not always right. And we need to understand that it, this is not a, a right game. Let's see how, how often I'm right. Because if that's the game we're going to play, we need to understand, as soon as we sin, we're wrong. So let's not try to play the right game. That's not the game we need to be focused on. What we need to be focused on is the reality that we have more grace than ever. We have a better way. We have a better system of justification, which is by faith. No longer do we have that, that the long list of do's upon the Sabbath. No longer do we have that long list of, of animal sacrifice and, and the keeping of the feasts and the holy days. All of those burdens, which all of those things were, to, were essentially to get us to acknowledge our sin, our problem, which, you know, again, the, several of the Jews, section of the Jews, especially the Pharisees, they thought that they were always right. When they walked around, they were telling Jesus how he was breaking the Sabbath, how his disciples were breaking the Sabbath. Those accusations and those assertions, just because we make accusations and just because we make assertions do not make them true. 
And so we have to be careful that we're not trying to play this right game. And so we become dull of hearing because we're so, we're so stubborn. We're so uh, difficult to deal with, unfortunately. And so this is the type of hearer that obviously I want to caution you on. That we don't need to be this way. It's hard to, under, to, it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. It's like talking to a brick wall. You can't get through to the person, through the individual, because they're just not listening. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. They are on your outline. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves, uh, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall, <clears throat> shall be turned unto fables itching ears I think there may be a little bit of positive that we can take from it not much not from this perspective not from this angle where they're looking for something because it's self-serving to them that it's motivation of self not for God now if we have itching ears and we're desiring to Hear the Word of God in that manner, absolutely. I, I would go down that road. But these people, no. Because the reality is, is that they're having itching ears. Don't tell me that I'm sinning. Don't tell me that my sin's going to condemn me to all eternal condemnation. Don't tell me that I'm worshiping wrong. Don't tell me that instrumental music is unacceptable. Don't tell me that I have to partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. Don't tell me that I have to assemble every first day of the week. See, those are self-seeking factors. What's our motivation there? It's self-seeking of themselves because they're not enduring sound doctrine. And we have that example over in 2 John 9. Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. But he who does abide in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. And so this one really cautious about because if you have itching ears for the truth, go for it. But if you have itching ears and it's for something other than the truth, that's what we have to really be careful about. Is it about serving ourselves or is it about serving others? And let's look at Luke chapter 8 verse 15. Luke chapter 8 verse 15. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Obviously, this is the one that we all should focus on. This is the one that we should try to imitate for ourselves in our lives, especially in regards to the gospel, in regards to the truth. We need to be in the good soil. We need to have the good and honest heart. We need to hear it and be willing to grab hold of it and not let it go. Hold on to it with all your might and with all your strength. And because of that, you will bear fruit. You know, see, you see that next point, why good hearing is important. Well, Luke 8.15 is actually the first point of that. Why is good hearing 
important because when we hear and we have a good and honest heart and we strive to fulfill the things that we hear in our lives, we will bear fruit. We will actually turn our lives to the direction of God. Repent and turn. Right? Acts chapter 3 verse 19. So that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So that's the premise here. We bear fruit with perseverance that we continue to endure even through the difficulties of life. Because it's easy to get caught up in... When we get caught up in our faith, you see... But then we're catching flack from the outside view, from the outside world. They're they're giving you hardships and they're giving you trouble because you are standing for your faith and in your faith. But it's easy to just give up. The Thessalonians, that's that's part of why Paul wrote to them, to the church at Thessalonica. Because they were standing fast and standing firm in their faith. And they were catching flack from everybody. The Jews there in Thessalonica, there was a small group of them that they they would go to the government and say, hey, you've got these people. They're, They're trying to establish a new king. Trying to throw them under the bus. And it's easy to allow the pressures of society, and I'll give you an example, an example in just a moment. It's easy to allow the pressures of society to cause you to cave in your faith. And I'll give you one word, COVID, because it's recent. Every single Christian was affected by COVID. Not necessarily I'm saying that you got COVID, but it did in fact affect your life here in this country. Our government decided in in all of its infinite wisdom that we needed to do all the social distancing and the mask and this, that, and the other, which before all of that ever came about, everyone was saying in the medical community that the cloth mask would not work and look at what they did. Everybody has to wear a mask. Okay. And so you do it. What do you do? But what did it give the opportunity for those who are not good and honest listeners? It gave them that opportunity for the past of, I don't have to assemble with the saints. Every church was affected by COVID. Because it was just a work of Satan. That was what Brother Bruce's uh, invitation that he gave several months ago about Satan's roar. That stuck with me. Satan roared through COVID. And too many people listened to that roar. They did not not have good and honest hearts for the Word of God. They did not seek the truth that's within God's Word. And they gave themselves a pass and they said, Oh, it's just too dangerous. I can't do it anymore. And look, it was an effect here. Obviously, COVID happened before I got here. But I recall looking over the previous directories and and I reached out to several of the members who used to attend here who disappeared after COVID with no luck because they allowed Satan's roar to affect them in their faith. And that's what we need to be mindful of. We need to be wary of that because what happens when we don't have good hearing is that we will not bear fruit in our lives 
And, we will, and then we will not receive the blessings in our lives. Look at Matthew 13 again. Your Bible should be open. Look at verse 16 and 17. The second reason why good hearing is important, not only because we bear fruit for endurance and perseverance to continue in our faith, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Think about the heroes of faith who's listed throughout uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Did any of them experience the church as we do? No. Did they get to experience the, the reality of blessings that we have in our lives, that we are free from the bondage of sin, that we do not have to know, we're no longer enslaved to it in our lives? No. They had that constant weight of pressure on them throughout all of their lives. But you see, good hearing, when we have it in our lives, we are blessed. Let's go over to Colossians chapter 1. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. This point actually goes along with Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Let's read verse 4 through 6. Colossians 1, 4 through 6. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. When we understand the grace of God in our lives, when we hear it and when we receive it and we obey it, and we live it, there are blessings in our lives and we bear fruit. Another passage, I meant to put it on the outline, I forgot. Go, over to, go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 real quick. 1 Corinthians 15. And let's start at verse 1. Look at what it says. Paul says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which you also received. So they heard it and therefore they received it, in which also you stand. Okay? By which also you are saved. They're saved because they heard, because they received it with goodness and honest heart, and they stand in it. Therefore, they partake of the eternal blessings of the gospel. They are saved. Unless you believed in vain. Unless you allowed something, an outside source, an outside influence to cause you to waver in your faith. So whether that be COVID, whether that be other relationships that you have with other individuals, whatever that outside influence or source is, if it causes you to no longer stand in the truth, you no longer remain within the blessings of God. 
Remember what Hebrews 10.26 says, For if we go on sinning willfully, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But all this is unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Titus chapter 2 verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared to all men, bringing salvation. So when we understand the grace of God and we accept the grace of God in our lives, we are eternally blessed. We are saved. Our sins are forgiven when we believe in faith. That belief is obviously acknowledgement, but it's trusting in God and it's obeying God. When God went to Abraham while he was in Ur and he said, hey, get up and go to the land that I'm going to give you, what did Abraham do? Did he tell God? Did he say, hey, you know, I don't really have to because you're just going to give me the land anyways. It Was that his attitude? No. He packed up his stuff and he went, you see. But see, that's the attitude of people today. Oh, I don't have to be baptized for the remission of my sins. I don't have to do that. Baptism is an outward sign of inward grace. Now, there's no passage that says that, but they believe it. Now, if you were to tell them, he that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. Well, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but that's not really what it means. Okay. Why tarry? Uh, Arise, be baptized, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Yeah, I know it says that, but I just don't believe that's what it means. Now, the things that you say you believe, you can't find in the Bible, but the things that the Bible says, you don't believe. Because they don't stand in the gospel. Because they don't understand the grace of God that's in their lives. Every single time that we preach a gospel sermon, we are preaching the grace of God in people's lives. How well are you hearing? Have you heard the grace of God in your life yet? Another reason why it's important, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 2. Now, for the most of you, (laughs) we already went over this this morning. But it just so happens this context was in our Bible study this morning. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. This is why good things. And when we get accustomed to things, we get way too comfortable. And while I'm not negating the the beauty of, of being comfortable, but we do not need to be so comfortable in our faith so as to just, oh, well, well God's just going to see me through. I can do whatever I want. That's way too comfortable. In fact, that's just flat-out complacency. That God, you know, remember the question, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Remember that question in Romans 6, 1? May it never be. God forbid. 
Okay, so the premise is is that Paul is answering. He's answering. He's he's anticipating an argument that he's going to have to answer. Well, look, the more we sin, the more God's grace abounds. So the more sin, the better. And that's how some people live today. They'll flat out tell you that that's a good, godly thing to do because then everybody can see God's grace. They can see that I'm this new creation. What, what they see is that you're a heathen and that you are unrepentant and that you will not listen. That's what they see. And they've been fooled and they have been blinded. And if the blind leaves the blind, both of them fall into the ditch. We don't need to listen to someone and trust in them just because they are, quote unquote, our friends. A friend does not tell you a lie. That's the truth of the matter. But for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it because we allow the complacencies of life to take us away from the saving grace and nature of God. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, okay, so think about the days of Noah. Think about Nadab and Abihu. Think about Uzzah. Think about David. Think about all of these different people who were punished severely because of their sins. They received a just penalty. That's what the Hebrew writer is saying here. Now look at this. If that is true, now look at verse 3. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If we neglect and reject the grace of God, how much worse is it going to be for us? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. So hearing is important because it keeps us from falling away, from being tempted from falling away. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 41. Matthew 12 verse 41. The lesson is almost yours. And actually, just for the context's sake, we're going to jump up to verse 38. So then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given but the sign of Jonah the prophet. Just for, for just as Jonah was... Three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The grace of God is standing before you. 
Something greater than Jonah is here. And he's saying that the men of Nineveh is going to stand against these people who are unrepentant and they are condemning them because they repented and they turned their lives because they heard Jonah preach. We know the story of Jonah, right? How when God went to him and said, go to Nineveh, I'm giving you a brief overview of it. Jonah, he got mad because he didn't want... The, he, he, these are wicked people. They deserve their punishment. So he ran. And obviously the big fish swallowed him. And we teach all the little kids in VBS, big fish, big fish, big fish swallowed Jojo Jonah. But then he, he prayed to God. And so he spits him back up on land. What did Jonah do? He went to Nineveh and he preached for them to repent and to turn to God. And what did they do? They received the grace of God in their lives and they, con they condemned their sins. That's what good hearing will do. But dull hearing and itching ears, itching kind of hearing... That will cause you to reject the grace of God. It will cause you to reject God. It will cause you to, to uh, esteem yourself, to exalt yourself. It will cause you to believe in false doctrine. It will cause you to believe in myths and fables, things that are not true of God, that things that are not true of the nature of God, things that are not true regarding the, the grace of God. That's what dull and itching hearing brings about. But if you have good and honest hearing, you will have the same kind of ears as those of Nineveh, who when they heard the grace of God, they repented. They turned from, them, from their sins and they went back to God. So if you're here this morning, and you realize that you are in grave danger of losing your soul to eternal condemnation. This is your opportunity this morning <clears throat> to make yourself right. If you've never been baptized in water for the remission of your sins, to have your sins washed away, the baptistry is ready. If you're willing to make the good confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you believe in His resurrection, and you trust in the power of God that resurrected Him from the dead, that's the same power that's going to resurrect you to walk in newness of life, to be new spiritually, a new creation, a new creature. You can enjoy the eternal blessings of God today in your life and blessings for the rest of your life if you so choose to make that change. Maybe you've already done that, and maybe, maybe some of you have been Christians longer than I've been alive. Even if you find yourself in this scenario right now where you realize and you recognize that you need to be reconciled back to God, we'll pray for you, and we will pray with you. This morning, if you are subject to our public invitation, we please ask that you come forward as together we stand and while we sing the invitation song.